this it can be such a fantastically amazing time in your life where you know you don't have to deal with monthly cycles and like getting caught traveling like with a, a flash flood down there and you know it can be like a really liberating time for you to just step into yourself as a mature woman hi everyone and welcome to superwoman wellness i'm dr taz i've made it my mission throughout my career in integrative medicine to support women and restoring their health using a blend of Eastern medical wisdom with modern science. In this show, I will guide you through different practices to find your power type and fully embody the healthiest and most passionate version of you. I'm here for you and I can't wait to get started. This is a Soul Fire production. I really do believe we need to take the men out of menopause and the pods out of menopause. So maybe DM me if you've got a better name for this. I don't like perimenopause and menopause is a name for this phase of life when so many of us are stepping into our power. So if you've got a great idea, maybe email me, send me an email, hello at drtaz.com and let's rebrand and rename this phase of life where we get to write our next chapter. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Superwoman Wellness, where we're determined to bring you back to your superpower self. And joining me today, I have a guest, and we are going to tackle a topic that you guys are frustrated with, menopause. I get questions about menopause all the time. We see tons of patients in practice at Center Spring MD tackling the issue of menopause. And I personally believe we need to take the word men out of menopause, but that's a whole different conversation. But join me in welcoming Esther Bloom. She's an integrative dietitian, a menopause expert, and the best-selling author of Cave Women Don't Get Fat, Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous, Secrets of Gorgeous, and the Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous Project. Her latest book will be out soon. She'll tell us more about that. It's called See You Later Ovulator. I can't say it with a straight face. I'm sorry. It's called See You Later Ovulator. I love it. Um, And so that will be on sale October 4th. I do have the date. So welcome to the show, Esther. We're so glad to have you here. Thank you for being here. And, you know, maybe we should call it femopause, right? Ooh, maybe that would be. Femopause. I don't like femo, the pause femopause. either, though. I think that's my other issue. I don't like the men, I, I don't like the pause. <laughs> which one of us are pausing? Nobody's pausing, you know? So Nobody's anyhow, pausing. The period is pausing. That's about I, it. I know. So I still haven't landed on what I like there. But talk to us about how you got into the topic of menopause to begin with and uh, what inspires you to maybe talk and write about this particular subject? Well, really my clients have grown with me. You know, when I started private practice, I was in my twenties when I wrote Eat, Drink and Be Gorgeous. And the whole motto of the book was your body may be a temple, but who says it can't be a nightclub. And so I, you know, was writing all about life in New York city and dating and sex and PMS and breakups and hangover recovery and all, all the fun stuff that you go through in your twenties. And then, you know, the next books followed through the thirties and forties. And now that I'm in my fifties, you know, my clients have grown up with me and, you know, the average age of my clients is probably 40 to 55, 45 to 55. And, you know, story after story came in of women being medically gaslit by their doctors, right? There's going to be 1.2 billion women in menopause by 2030. Mm. And the only options of menopause care women are frequently given 
is either the pill slash IUD or told, um, good luck with that. Take some Benadryl shots yeah. and like suffer through and, you know, just normalizing suffering. So that made my menno rage fly off the charts. I love that. And I was like, I have the knowledge and the platform to be the voice and the advocate for all of these women. So I'm going to take it on all 1.2 billion of you. <laughs> but but honestly, I wanted to give women the exact tools and treatments that I use in practice. And I wanted to give them the medical research studies to back up all the uh, practices, all the good practices that can be incorporated into their menstrual or uh, uh, menopausal care, pardon me. So that when their doctor says, yeah, good luck with that, you know, that's what it is, or here's the pill, they could say, you know what? Like, here's a book with actually all the research studies yeah. to support, uh, you know, potentially hormone replacement or, you know, better menopause care overall. So, that's how I wrote it. It was really, you know, and every woman listening to this, like, please know I had you, like, you're my avatar, you're my ideal client. So I, I had each and every one of you in mind. And I too am going through, mm -hmm. um, you know, perimenopause. So I really was like, let's just crack open the conversation, no shame. And really, we address everything from sexual health, pelvic health, pelvic floor therapy, um, libido. Uh, you know, hot flashes. There's a lot there, right? We, our bodies change. We're such hormonal creatures and our yeah. bodies change so much Yes, through each of these shifts, right? Through your twenties, through your thirties, through your forties, into your fifties and beyond. And I think not being prepared for these shifts and not understanding what's happening is such a, a disservice because people think they're going crazy or they're old or it's in their head or, you know, all this other stuff, or there's only one solution and there are no other answers. So I love that we are continuing to shed light on this topic and talking about how it really isn't the last chapter. It really is actually probably supposed to be your best chapter. And by tackling head on, some of these things I think are really important. What does this book do? Cause I still want to shed some light on your previous books. And then we'll go a little bit more deeply into, into this particular book. I uh, listed out some of the titles just a second ago. What were those books doing that this book maybe isn't? And what is this book tackling specifically? Yeah, well, um, Cave Women Don't Get Fat was a paleo diet book for women. Uh, because again, there was a huge gaping hole in the market. All the paleo diet books are primarily written by and directed to men. So I wanted to bring women into the conversation and talk about the importance of optimizing protein intake helping women find their own unique carb tolerance. Because in the 40s, the late 30s, early 40s is really when we see metabolism start to shift. We can enter into perimenopause by that time. The average age of menopause is 51, but in the 40s, that's when estrogen and progesterone and testosterone can start to decline. And so with that can come muscle loss. Mm -hmm. um, and we're working very hard. This is kind of a great time in our careers, but we may be more sedentary as a result because we are dedicating less time to movement and more time to our careers. So I really wanted to educate women on the importance of protein um, in the diet. And I really cracked open thyroid and adrenal function and how that's important. Uh, the other two books, the uh, Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous Project and Secrets of Gorgeous, those 
really talked about lifestyle factors that you can do um, to optimize diet. There's different meal plans in there. There's a food log in there. There are um, just, it's, it's both are very well-rounded approaches to optimizing your health and saying, okay, you know, after you eat drink and be gorgeous, then what happens? So I gave lots of different um, recipes and meal ideas to really optimize your body composition. I love that. So let's talk about see you later ovulator mm. and let's break this down um, into maybe some actionable things that anybody listening or watching can take away. You know, can women go through menopause without suffering, so to speak, without just being miserable and wiping away sweat and feeling like they have to gain, you know, the 10 to 20 pounds that so many women uh, complain about? What can they do to really embrace this phase in a way that's empowering and actually that they feel, you know, where they feel really good in their bodies versus feeling like there's a fight against their body constantly. Yeah. So let's talk about the lifestyle pieces and then we'll talk about the hormone pieces. Um, This is the perfect time to really dial into your lifestyle and let go of what no longer is serving you. A great example of this is alcohol and caffeine tolerance. A lot of women find like even that one glass of wine is killer. It really disrupts sleep, bloated and causing a lot of bloating and inflammation the next day and just not really metabolizing it the way we did in our 20s. So I recommend really scaling back if you can't completely cut out, but scaling back to really optimize your sleep. Um, Why is sleep so important? Because again, with declining estrogen and progesterone levels, and if you've gone through PMS, you know what that feels like with sugar cravings and fatigue and irritability. A lot of that can be course corrected by optimizing your sleep, which really optimizes your insulin sensitivity and your blood sugar handling. So, you know, I always say you can't out hormone lifestyle choices. You've got to really dial in the lifestyle choices. You need to prioritize your sleep, create a ritual around it. Don't have a threesome with your phone in bed. Okay. Or even a twosome, <laughs> leave the phone out. Um, really make a commitment to just quietly read or take a bath before bed, you know, not scrolling through social media or watching the news. Those are like real killers for melatonin production and uh, a restful, relaxed sleep. You also want to think about not only optimizing your protein, and that would be to the tune of, on average, it works out to about four to six ounces of protein at meals. And if you can get a little more at snacks, that's great. If you're someone who is intermittent fasting or eating twice a day, then you want to make sure those two meals have about six to eight ounces of protein. You want to distribute your protein evenly throughout the day. That is the greatest response for building muscle mass. Mm-hmm. Um, you also want to make sure your protein ratios are higher than your carbs. Most people who come to me are, you know, um, I call them prostitutes. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, instead of being a prostitute, why not be a carnivore and really like get your meat into uh, yeah. <laughs> get your protein intake up, protein pounds, get your protein intake up. You know, that means scaling back on carbs. Use a measuring cup. I mean, measure like a cup of fruit with breakfast and a cup of starch at dinner, be it rice or sweet potatoes. If you want some pasta, make it like a garbanzo bean or, you know, a high fiber pasta. Um, quinoa is great beans or lentils, you know, those are going to really, uh, be 
it's going to give you a good night's sleep and it's also going to balance your blood sugar. So think just protein by day, some carbs at night. Um, those are really great lifestyle pieces. So let me, with- let me stop you for two seconds. Cause the protein thing comes up over and over again, especially yeah. with the plant-based movement and the vegan movement and things like that. How do we get these protein grams in? If someone's going to say they don't want to eat meat yeah. or they're not digesting meat well. Yes. So if they're not digesting meat well, then you really need to look at your gut microbiome and replenish your hydrochloric acid levels, which also decline during menopause. Um, If you don't eat meat, bear in mind that you're going to have to eat six cups of quinoa to get the same protein in a four ounce piece of chicken, beef, or fish. So Mm -hmm. just bear that in mind. If you won't eat meat, you know, get some eggs, whole eggs, get some cottage cheese or dairy. Uh, You could get some pea protein. You can supplement with branch chain amino acids. Um, But the goal is to get, you know, about two and a half grams of leucine, which is that incredibly beneficial amino acid. And you get that by eating four to six ounces of protein at your meals. So that's the way not to atrophy and lose muscles. Um, I'm sorry to to say it, but it's, you know, it's, it's really a point where you say, okay, my body isn't thriving anymore and I can't function this way anymore. So there does come a time where, you know, we want to rethink what we're currently doing with our food habits. Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah. it's such a struggle for people and the, but there's some people that philosophically do yes. not want to eat meat, you know? Yes. And so I think for them, I think just tracking, understanding where yeah. you are, like how much protein are you really getting? And then maybe supplementing. Do you agree in supplementing with yeah. powders and branch chain amino acids and those type of things? Is that? I do. I, I mean, I will say, and please don't bring on the hate air people, but I, <laughs> I don't even take on vegetarian or vegan clients because I can't help them. They don't get results in my practice. Mm, and so, and, and one of my clients, you know, prior clients, she was frustrated. She was like, God, you have me on all this protein powder and all I'm eating is eggs. I was like, you're, you're giving me literally no other options for you. This is all I have. So yes, you will yeah. inadvertently end up eating more processed foods and taking supplements. But again, your body keeps the score and plant proteins do not convert as efficiently to muscle mass as animal proteins. I have zero agenda. I have been vegan at points in my life. And, you know, it's the science I look at. The science wins. This is not my personal opinion or agenda. I just look at the research. And I feel like that's where the science is universally. You know, like we have more and more people coming out saying it's 20 to 25 grams of protein every four hours to preserve muscle, to build muscle. It's really what you need. And anytime we're falling below that, then we see a lot of the fallout, especially for women in this age range and demographic for sure. So, and yes, it's really, you know, 30 to 40 grams of protein in this age range per meal, per meal. And we're seeing that aging adults actually need more protein, not less. Yes. Yeah. And so it will, you'll see the research is really going to keep coming. You know, there's going to be more and more on that. Is that the cause of menopot as you call it, or that <laughs> menopot belly menopot. That, you know, everyone starts to get? That's right. Menopot is caused by, you know, a perfect storm of insulin resistance, um, high cortisol, or for some women, very low cortisol, uh, depending on their stress or exposure to mold or, you know, chronic illness. Um, 
But again, it all, it really does point to hormones, you know, declining estrogen, progesterone, testosterone does lead to um, a, a far less sensitivity to insulin. And so uh, optimizing your protein intake just writes that ship very quickly and, you know, can combat so much. I mean, your diet is so anti-inflammatory and can be so uh, sugar stabilizing. And I saw like the coolest thing I saw this week was that walking 10 minutes after a meal, just for 10 minutes, lowers your postprandial blood sugar that's the sugar after a meal by 17%. Mm, so like mm -hmm. just taking your dog out for a walk and you may think yeah. I'm doing nothing. Like I'm just strolling. I'm telling you the movement is so beneficial. Mm -hmm. um, and that's another great way to really offset the menopause is, you know, a lot of women uh, I see have been doing a lifetime of cardio, right? They grew up in the seventies and eighties and, you know, aerobics and step aerobics mm -hmm. was like the mm -hmm. thing. We got so trained to do aerobics. And what happens is over time, as your insulin levels become less and less stable and, uh, you know, you have sleep disruptions due to declining hormones, there's less and less reserves in the tank. And so we really want to make sure that we support our bodies. Do not underestimate the greatest activity of all time, which is walking. Walking, walking yeah. burns fat, lowers cortisol. If you do it in the morning and get broad spectrum light on you. Uh, it regulates your circadian rhythms and then lifting weights, picking up heavy things and putting them down. And, you know, there's, there's so many classes online that you can do. You, there's trainers that work virtually all over the country. There's online classes. So uh, you don't even need much of a gym. I mean, we have a 150 square foot loft in our bedroom, if it's even that big. And we have a weight bench, we have a mirror, we uh, have weights and we just get it done and a couple of bands and that's it. We just get it done. So, so after dinner, long. 10 minutes of anything or yeah, after any meal, 10 mm -hmm. minutes of anything, just walking is great. Yeah. And I so go play basketball with the kids, you know, just toss a frisbee around like, yeah. yeah, just get out and move. I love that. I know some of us have that emotional fatigue or that decision fatigue by the time we get home and finish. Oh yeah. We just want to like chill on the couch, but just getting yourself out. My husband and I have been doing that, just getting out after dinner and we have to motivate each other because we're both like, I'm tired you're tired, but just kind of getting out yes. makes such a difference with everything. Okay. I want to talk. Um, there's so many things to talk about and I've done <laughs> a lot of episodes on labs to check and symptoms. So I actually want to get into an area of menopause that we don't talk about enough, I think, and that's hormone replacement therapy, because I feel like that's something that there's a lot of confusion about. I get asked questions about all the time, and we always run out of time when we bring amazing people on to really break it down. So let's talk hormone replacement therapy. And so for many of you out there, you might be going through perimenopause or menopause. You might've gone through early menopause. Hormone replacement therapy is a reality for you or a need. You've done the supplements, you've done the herbs, you've done the lifestyle thing, and you're still not where you need to be. What is your philosophy on HRT? Yeah, I test, I don't guess. Um, I make sure people are really good candidates 
for HRT, make sure that their liver and their gut function is optimal and their detox pathways are supported so that hormones can move through. They're not backing up. I like to make sure people are eating plenty of fiber like flax and chia. That's going to bind any excess estrogens and help you poop them out every day because you do need to poop out your hormones every day. Um, and I also love the delivery system from a bioidentical hormone uh, replacement versus uh, pellets or mm -hmm. synthetic hormones. Now, speaking most... my language, I love it. <laughs> I love it in line yes, for sure. Yes, yes, yes. And you know, the thing is, a, a lot of people are very scared. The information is very outdated. Um, the information came from a study called the Women's Health Initiative that really scared the crap out of women. Um, the urine of pregnant horses was uh, the derivative of the hormones that was used in postmenopausal women, and the data was not interpreted correctly so that the study came out claiming that, you know, hormones cause cancer, hormones cause blood clots, they're going to raise your risk of heart disease. And that's, thank goodness, somebody revisited that data. And the North American Menopause Society updated their position papers on that. You can Google it online uh, in 2017 and 2022 to say, you know, not only uh, are bioidentical hormones safe, but they're beneficial. They have cognitive benefits like Alzheimer's prevention, uh, heart disease prevention, bone loss prevention, oh. and they're safe. Right now, the current recommendations say use them for 10 year, up to 10 years post-menopause, but I think those uh, are going, those guidelines are going to extend longer the more time we have to do more research on that. And I have women in, in their 70s in my practice who are like, I am never giving this stuff up. Mm -hmm. It saved my life. And when they try and cut back, they get hot flashes still. So, you know, it's so far the safety and the efficacy is really uh, wonderful, but of course you can't go rogue and do this on right. your own and get it right. once a year from your doctor. You have to get monitored three, four times a year, get your labs drawn. You can make sure that you're, if you still have a uterus, that the tissue isn't thickening, you know, you really do want to monitor carefully. It's still Hormones are bioidentical hormones are very biocompatible physiologically, but you still want to make sure that you're on the right track and the right dose. You don't want to overdose because a little goes a long way. I mean, the, the dosages given are a fifth of the dose of the birth control pill. We're not trying to bring your period back or get you knocked up in your sixties and seventies. Right, right. And that's the same. I I'm a huge believer in microdosing. That's the word that comes to mind where you don't really need when your gut's working, your liver's working, your nutrients are where they need to be. You don't need a lot of hormones. You know, you just need a little bit to kind of get you in a quality of life standpoint. And even then from an anti-aging standpoint, I feel like it keeps keeps everything nice and steady rather than having this dramatic decline and then starting to see everything shift and change. So you and I both are in agreement. We like bioidentical estrogen and progesterone and testosterone pellets. Let's break that one down. I think I've voiced my two cents before, but I'll let you, yeah. I'll let you give yours. What are you thinking? Well, about? Oh boy. <laughs> well, pellets, you know, there's no clinical research on pellets. Number one, number two, it's a surgical procedure. I mean, you have to have an incision in your tush and a little, you know, tiny tunnel dug out and the pellets are stuck in there. And then good luck. You have no control over their release. 
Um, whenever I look at the labs on clients who have had pellets, their hormone levels are jacked up so high. They're out of range completely. And as you, you know, you'll feel, some people feel really good. A lot of my clients felt really awful and gained 10 pounds, like what felt like overnight. Um, some of my clients do feel good, but, uh, the minute your levels start to fall, even if they're well above the range they need to be, you can still feel like you're going through withdrawal. So, and, and they're expensive as well. They're more expensive than bioidenticals. So I I'm all about like you are microdosing, controlling the dose, titrating the dose up, uh, you know, by very tiny amounts at a time, just gentle loving care. You don't, you don't need a Ferrari. Like a Jeep mm-hmm. is really pretty solid. Yeah, totally. And then Lobbing. I think that preserves the skin and the hair and everything else as well. Has that been your experience too? You don't need these mega doses. You just need very small doses to preserve like the collagen in the skin and hair and, and some of these other beauty elements of what many women go through, you know? Yes. And, you know, the thing is too, we also want to think about um, vaginal estrogen, bringing that into the picture to prevent atrophy and dryness and painful sex and bladder and urinary symptoms and incontinence. You know, that's also really, really important. But let's say you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I don't want to use hormones, uh, but I'm having vaginal dryness or I'm peeing all the time at night. I can't, you know, I can't sleep. Then you can think about laser therapies. There's, um, Femi touch. There's the Mona Lisa. There's so many I list in the book, but, uh, laser therapy is also really beneficial at thickening the collagen and restoring, um, tone and flexibility to, and hydration to the vaginal walls too. And the women that have had breast cancer or hormone based cancers, what do you say to them? You know, it's really interesting because um, I have my clients circle back with, I give them their labs back and say, you know, like literally my women on tamoxifen or some of the other drugs, their estrogen levels are 0.0 on the Dutch test. And so I go back to their, so the drugs work, um, but I have them go back to their doctor. And oftentimes the doctor says, it depends on the cancer, right? But the clients I've seen in practice, the doctor says, you know what? you're suffering so much with depression, insomnia, brain fog, your cancer, your margins are good. We've determined your risk. It's, you know, the 5%, 10%, 17%. And the benefits of hormones are going to outweigh the risks uh, associated with it. So I'm pleasantly surprised. Now, a lot of doctors will still say no, but I've also seen a lot say yes. And, um, it's really, you know, it boils down to a quality of life issue and it's a really personal choice. I, if I had cancer, you know, what decision would I make? Would I change it? I I don't know. Right. You don't know until you go through it, but, um, you know, work with a doctor who's going to give you peace of mind, who's really going to assess your cancer risk. So you can make an informed choice in the matter. And I love that you are saying going into your 60s, into your 70s, it's okay as long as you're being monitored. Again, I warn patients, like if you're accumulating this stuff, if you're starting to build it up, then then we need to know. And there's no way for us to know that unless you're actually checking your levels on a consistent basis of some kind. 
Um, what other sort of things you do you feel like get missed in the conversation? Again, I'm like, knew we would run into time here, but what other things do you feel like get missed in the conversation around menopause? What are the biggest misconceptions? I think the HRT is one yes. that there are no options as to what do you think some of the other yeah. misconceptions are? Oh. The fact that no one is mentioning the mental health changes that ah, women go through, yeah. the severe anxiety and depression due to progesterone and estrogen and testosterone decline. And it's very real. And these poor women are coming to me in droves saying, I feel like I'm crazy. My family thinks I'm crazy. And I yell at my kids all the time. And my husband's like, what kind of mood are you in today? And please know it's really not your fault. And not only does the education need to happen for the women, but it needs to happen for the men too. So that our partners can give compassionate care and say, wow, I really, I get it now. I'm so sorry for what you're going through. And when you replenish, uh, you know, uh, progesterone, especially bioidentical progesterone, it really hits up those calming neurotransmitters in the brain that make GABA, which help you fall asleep, help you stay calm, and also opposes estrogen that can be fluctuating wildly and running roughshod all over your body. Um, And, you know, in its absence, we can really feel anxious. And a lot of doctors will put women on the pill, which has synthetic progestin, but progestin does not hit up those same receptors in the brain that bioidentical progesterone does. So um, estrogen also, I mean, all of them, I read so much research on cognition and neuroplasticity and really just being able to form cohesive sentences and thought and have our memories intact. It really is beneficial to have those hormones there to support you. Very much. Well, I think we could talk about this forever. I think there's so many pieces and I think it's important to understand with all the hormonal stages for everyone listening, it, they do really impact every system. So they impact, you know, your joints, your brain, your skin, your hair, like, uh, you know, your mental processing, your mental acuity, it really impacts all of it. So there's no way to walk into any practitioner and just get kind of a band-aid approach to this. It really does need to be looked at kind of holistically so that all the different pieces could be put together. All right, your book is out October 4th. Where can everyone find your book? See you later, Ovulator. See you later, Ovulator. Well, please get get on my priority notification list and please download your happy hormone cocktail at estherblum.com forward slash cocktail. And you can find it in major retailers. You can find it on Amazon. Um, And I I really uh, can't wait to hear from all of you listening, how you enjoy it. And you can follow me on Instagram at Gorgeous Esther. I love to put up content and, you know, have a lot of fun with the subject and tell you all, you know, listen, this, it can be such a fantastically amazing time in your life where, you know, you no longer have to have birth control, right? You don't have to deal with monthly cycles and like getting caught traveling, like with a, a flash blood down there. You know, it can be like a really liberating time for you to just step into yourself as a mature woman, just free of the shackles of reproductive life. So so (laughs) true. So true. It's a great time. I love it. Well, before you leave us, what do you think your superpower is? Oh, my sense of humor in a heartbeat. Obviously, with all these titles, I love it. All right, perfect. I know it's like my other challenge to, you know, my patients and everyone listening is like, find your superpower and then make it work out there in the world for you. But it's hard to do 
if you're blocked, right? So getting balanced, getting hormonally balanced, all of these things ultimately matter. So Esther, thank you so much for taking time out today to join us. I appreciate it. And for everybody else out there watching and listening, thank you for joining us for this episode of Superwoman Wellness. Remember, you can rate and review it and share it with your friends. We've got lots of episodes, by the way, on hormones, menopause, detoxing, you name it. Check out all the different episodes. Lots of great guests like Esther and get educated, advocate for yourself and don't get gaslit. I'll see you guys next time. Bye.